0: Hi, this is Danielle from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 150 of Art for Your Ear. 150 episodes, you guys. That is crazy. Well, as I've said for the last 149 times, this episode is brought to you by SachiArt.com, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original artwork and limited edition prints by independent artists from around the world. So, I did it. I finally convinced Sana Hong to come on the podcast. (laughs) Yep, I am ridiculously excited for you to hear her story and get to know her a little bit better. I know that I am thrilled to finally be able to call her more than just an email friend. I have written about her countless times, and I was so thrilled when she agreed to be in my most recent book. How could I not include her in something called A Big Important Art Book, Now With Women, right? Right. Anyway, let's get on with this before she changes her mind. Ready? Ready? Calling Sana in Los Angeles. Hi, Sana. Hi, Danielle. Here we are on the podcast, finally. Yay. You said no to me a few times. Yes.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like
0: I wore you down.
1: No, you know what? Um, I love what you do. I've always loved what you do. Um, It's more my shyness. And um, or actually, it's 100% my shine is And um, yeah, I think just I realized recently, and I I know I shared this with you already, so sorry to repeat myself, but um, that I wanted to. I I always thought, gosh, I would like to hear from more women and more people of color. And so I thought, you know, the next time I get an opportunity like this, I need to step up and take it and push through my own fears of public speaking and, um, yeah. Just yeah. Get over.
0: You looked at, you looked in the mirror and you're like, Hey, wait a second.
1: Yeah. I know you. Yeah. So like, meanwhile, and thank goodness this is, you know, um, you're, you don't have video on this cause I have buckets of sweat just pouring out of my armpits right now.
0: So, um, That's my go-to state. That's why I always wear black whenever I talk anywhere.
1: Gosh, you're so good at it. That was so inspiring to talk with you um, when you were doing your
0: book tour. So I thought you were great. That's why I was so surprised because you seemed cool as a cucumber. You looked great. You like, so I was like, oh, she can do this. She can do the podcast.
1: Oh gosh. Well, thank you for thinking that. I was totally. It was just panic. Panic. Really, <laughs> and and some panic just <laughs> and um just following your lead really helped a lot. So thank you for that and thank you for asking me to do this again. And yeah, I feel like I am still gonna stumble through all my fears, but I figure might as well just start and figure it out as I go. That's and fine. what a great place to start. So thanks <laughs> oh, Of course.
0: <laughs> well you know that's the thing is like I I've said this before on the podcast, but I have major phone anxiety. So the only reason I didn't cancel and reschedule with you is because I know you now, but I do that with people all the time because I'll be leading up to when it's time to call them and I kind of have a freak out and I I email and go, oh, sorry, blah, 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 can we reschedule? Because I just don't have it in me to call. Interesting. Really? Isn't that crazy? And you know what? You're episode 150. Oh my God. I know. Wow. Don't you feel like we should ring a bell or something? Uh- <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> you um, but I still have that that anxiety every single time, and um I don't know what what the deal is because as soon as I'm on the call, it's fine. like I was thinking that about you at, at um, Hashimoto when we did the book event because I could see being nervous beforehand, but then once you're talking about your work, like you know all the answers, there's no trick questions.
1: Yeah, but I get stuff wrong all the time, <laughs> even on my own. <laughs> Work. I mean, um, I, I joked about this in an Instagram post, but I still do it. I spell my own name wrong when I do signing. <laughs> do you? Yeah. So it's, I don't know what it is. Um,
0: yeah. Well, so well there is something about holding a Sharpie that throws me off. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's letters in there that don't belong and totally skipped a few. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I know to it took
0: my- me a long time to actually know what your name was.
1: Oh okay. Like how to pronounce it? <laughs> oh, well that's the spelling. That I blame on my parents. That's not my nervousness. That's um the they were trying to spell it so that it had sort of a soft o like the way that Seoul, Korea is pronounced. Oh. Um but it was just so impossible to pronounce so it just got um Sana, which is <laughs> not quite the Korean pronunciation but it's, you know, it's it's really... you would I don't think you would know that from looking at the spelling.
0: No, I always thought it was Sienna. Yes. That's yeah. What most, yeah.
1: And then yeah. I said it out
0: loud somewhere, and people were like, that's not her name. And then oh. I was super embarrassed, because I was, like, talking about how much I love your work, and I've written about you several times, and then I said your name wrong, so I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. No, Anywho, that's- it's all fixed now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all corrected. Thanks, Thanks to San Francisco. Okay, so now... What I always like to do, and I did this in the book, too, because you're in the book. Yes. That's why you were the signing. So hopefully everybody already knows that. I I don't know if you saw it. I think you did, that when I was writing the book, I actually was posting. I posted um, a screen grab of writing your chapter.
1: I did see that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, because
0: it was was so fun to write that book because I I would do... One person, I'd usually spend two to three days per person, and I'd get so wrapped up in your story, and I got to spend all this time looking at your work, and, and uh, oh, I was just all in a sauna-hong bubble, and it was just so nice. And um, and you're very easy to post about, too, so that was an easy one to put up. But, um,
1: oh, thank you.
0: And your story is so great, and it's in the book, but we're going to talk about it here, too. So I want to know... Um, what you were like as a kid, and where you grew up, and if you were always painting and drawing back then, too.
1: Uh, yes, I grew up kind of all over. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid, and I would say by the time I was in the fifth grade, I had been to seven or eight different schools. Yeah, um, yeah. so I actually really liked moving around a lot. Um, it was really fun. Um and do you have do
0: you have siblings?
1: I do. I have an older sister and a younger brother.
0: Okay, so you had a little crew to travel with.
1: I did, but they were so far in age um difference from me that I was never in the same school with them at the same time. Oh, okay. Um but like for a year when we were living in Korea, um uh, we had already been going to schools in the States. And so by the time we went over there, um, we weren't put into um, a Korean school. We were put into an embassy uh, school. Oh, okay. But we were the two little Korean American girls who had roller skates before anybody else in our apartment complex did. And so those were sort of things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like rolled around and we were like, we're cool, we're from California. You know? <laughs> but um, other than that, no, we didn't share any like real school experiences together. But...
0: Did you get some good street cred with your California roller skates?
1: Oh yeah, so much street cred. And <laughs> <laughs> they were the sneakers ones with like the little stopper in the oh, front.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. What are those I, called? Like wheelies or something? No. Heelies or something
1: those yes, now. I think those are the ones with the wheels in the back. Right. These are from these are from the um,
0: I'm trying to figure out my age.
1: These are from the early eighties. Oh like the,
0: like actual <laughs> roller skates yeah (laughs) good times um so okay were you born where were you born in california i was born in california yeah and then so did um did your dad work for the embassy or something
1: no why did uh, how did
0: you end up in korea
1: so my dad is an architect and city planner and so um it was really his job that was um moving the family around a lot and um he started working overseas, and one of the years that he was over there, um, he and my mom discussed that they thought it would be a good idea to bring the family out. Normally, we just stayed behind in the U.S. Okay. Um, so, one year we went out there, and um, I think mostly the reason why we went to a, a sorry, it wasn't an embassy school, but it was like a
0: no, I know what you mean like an international school, it was right? Like an international school, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So,
1: um, uh, we just went there because we had already. Been through the american school system and my sister uh was in the seventh grade by that point i was in the second grade and so i just think it, they thought it was going to be too difficult to um acclimate into korean school right has, right yeah the language very well so yeah so we yeah. just went to international school yeah.
0: that's so cool and so what did you think when you got there did you think it was awesome or were you like what is this place or
1: yeah it was so awesome um I think my mom wished that we would have learned more Korean while we were there, <laughs> just thinking, yeah. oh, like, going to be immersed in it. But everybody just wanted to learn English from us. All
0: right.
1: Um, and so, yeah, but it was really, really great. It was um, just a really wonderful experience. And being in Korea, and it was um, the school that I did go to with my sister, even though we weren't – like it was, it was a really large school where um, it went from, I think, either kindergarten or even right before kindergarten, all the way till twelfth grade. So oh. my sister and I did go, but we were kind of on different parts of the school, like different parts of the campus. But what um, a cool
0: experience to have! But that must have been so nice for your parents, for you guys to, you know, well, I guess you were in American school <laughs> basically, but just to like get in touch with your Korean roots, really.
1: It was really nice.
0: Yeah. And then so were you were you making art all through that time, or just roller skating mainly?
1: mostly roller skating <laughs> <laughs> But I think um, you know I have such a distinct memory of of making art and really kind of biding time with making um, drawings and art, um, like when I would be waiting for my sister to her piano lesson, or um, later when my brother started doing activities, also waiting um, around in waiting rooms for when. You know, he was at Taekwondo or a dentist appointment or something. (laughs) So they always had books. And I had, you know, um, a pad of paper and crayons or a pen or something. So it was pretty early on um, that we all kind of had our interests. And then, like I was talking about moving around a lot as a kid, that was one of the ways that um, I would start to make friends with with some new kids. Like, oh, I can draw Garfield, or I can draw. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry short-tanker. <gasps> yes,
0: that has, I was quite good at Garfield and Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, what about Care Bears? Could you do Care Bears? Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. I love Care Bears
0: and, yeah, all of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a major currency when you can do that.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and so I think I remember, too, in the book, like having a dad as an architect and city planner, I mean, there's rolls of paper coming home that you get to draw on.
1: Yes, Um, and he, I just remember those rolls of, like, blueprint um,
0: yeah.
1: all over the place, and what I loved um, was he had these stencils for, like, you could pre-draw in, like, where a sink would go or where the toilet would go. Or <laughs> <laughs> yes, I <laughs> remember. <they> too. <laughs> I um, love
0: that. I remember reading that, and I was just like, oh, there'd be little toilets all over my thing, I'm right? sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, you can't have too many toilets. No. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would just, like, draw out my, you know, my version of, like, the Barbie Dream House, but, you know, with lots of toilets. <laughs>
0: wow, that is awesome. And so what were your parents thinking as, you you know, they're watching you draw on everything?
1: They were super supportive. So, you know, I took every opportunity to, like, you know, um, grab those grocery store contest sheets and um, color them in and do all of that, and so... And my mom was the one who was always supplying me with my art supplies or I was, you know, grabbing markers and pens and stencils from my dad's office and stuff like that. Um, And they were really supportive of it for sure. Um, And at the same time, I think that they, as I got older, um, the support became a little bit more abstract. Like they didn't really know what that meant for me as far as like where I would go to school or Um, what kind of job I would have. but (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's where the panic kicks in usually for parents. Yeah, Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: And so did you go to art school, or what did you go for?
1: I did. So I, well, I didn't go to an art school. I went to Long Beach State, but I um, entered in um, as a general art student. And um, it was from the advice of my high school art teacher who um, took me under his wing and was really sweet because you know, as I mentioned, my family, while they were supportive, they didn't really know that world and um, how to guide me through that. And so this high school art teacher, um, you know, knew that I was going to be putting myself through school and that I needed an affordable place to go um, with a strong program. So he recommended Long Beach State to me. And my last year of high school also in um, got me. Um entered into a bunch of contests around you know community art contests that helped fund um, my first year in school, so wow. he was incredible and yeah that's how I got to long beach state
0: I love those stories like you know amazing teacher stories are my favorite stories yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and so what was your were you were you thinking that you were going to be a painter? Like, what what was your favorite thing then?
1: At the time, I was drawing super photorealistically. I think I, you know, one of those assignments where you grid out a photograph and then um, uh, do, a, you know, a what do you call it? A larger.
0: Oh yeah yeah yes yeah. Of a photograph. And you could do it. it.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, because I of like math at that point too, which was really great. It was so technical, and I really loved that. And um, again, speaking of how I tried to bridge gaps socially, um, I, that same last year in high school, those photorealistic drawings. Um, I think I had um, one of the football players was in my class, my art class at the time, and was like, oh, "Can you draw Glenn Danzig?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I started drawing, like... I don't know. Yeah. Have you got a date to the, the prom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, so that... I had, like, a little side business of, like, you know, drawing concert posters and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I probably started off... Um, doing a lot of realistic portraiture type of things when I when I started college
0: wow and so yeah so you started college were you exposed to a whole bunch of stuff because I like my school for example didn't have things like ceramics or glass or whatever I always wish that it did um, did you get to try a whole bunch of stuff or did you kind of stay in drawing and painting
1: I did. Part of the program was that you had to um, try it all, and I'm so glad I did, because I think I um, was exposed to so many things that I wouldn't have even dreamed was mm-hmm. was part of um, what you could do in the arts. And so, yeah, I took a ceramics class, and I still love ceramics. I'm not good at it, but I love
0: it. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah. do you ever do it? Because you would think that, that like your palettes and everything, that would be such a connection
1: I love it so much so yeah when I have time because um, it's it's a process where you know I remember one time I was like oh I have a free month but that's really not enough time to get a lot of stuff done because there's so many steps to it and it has to dry and there's all these stages and so when I get another good chunk of time I want to um just take a ceramics class again or or sign up for a studio um
0: yeah I would love to see what you do
1: me too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I okay. wish we lived in the same city because I would come and do that with you, and then oh, when we were I... waiting for it to dry, we could draw Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Trade some scratch and sniff. Yes. Stairs. I think yeah. we're the same. I think we're the same age. Are you born in seventy three? Yeah. Me too. Are you yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Okay, so we are talking exactly the same. Yes, stuff we are. Because when you were
0: like strawberry shortcake, I was like, girl. Um, God. did you ever happen to draw? Um, the cover, any any Michael Jackson album cover. Did I? Yeah. No. That was one of my... My mom taught our grade six class art. She would come in and teach us art. And she brought the Thriller album. And she turned it upside down. You know that turn it upside down and draw it thing? Yeah. And then we yeah. all got to draw Michael Jackson. And I as you were talking about drawing football players and stuff and scratch and sniff and... and <laughs> and Care Bears, I was like, I wonder if she ever drew Michael Jackson. No, but
1: watched a lot of that uh, thriller video and <sighs> was
0: terrified. And
1: <laughs> Same.
0: I know, we were at so an impressionable crazy. age when that it, came out.
1: It was so amazing. And when you had to sit around and wait for a video to come on. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: I know, right?
1: On demand or looking it up on YouTube. I <laughs> like, know, you yeah, had to, you to, 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 be to be committed. Yeah, you just sit in front of the TV and wait for it to come
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We are exactly the same generation. Exactly. Um, okay, I digress there. But, um, okay, so ceramics, yes, you have to do that. I will fly down there and do it with you. Um, okay, so, but I also happen to know, and see, this was a big surprise to me, was that I thought you were a full-time artist, but you have a full-time job. And it's focused. kind of the same, but not the same. So, how, first of all, how did you get into that? And, well, no, maybe we should say what you do and then how you got into that.
1: Um, so, I am a visual development artist in feature animation right now. And I've been doing it for about seven years. And before that, I was in TV animation for, um, oh, my gosh, my math, like 12, 13 years before wow. that. Wow. Um, and I got in it through my ex-husband.
0: And so were they, yeah, was he working and they were looking for people to paint backgrounds or something or what? Yeah, he
1: was working, he was doing background painting and needed some help. And so I helped him out and then, um, introduced me to the director and then the director became a friend. And when, um, he was looking to crew up for his next project, um, he hired me and,
0: yeah, and wow, and so how how similar is it to what you're doing on canvas versus like what you're doing digitally? Like, does it feel like two totally different things, or or can you bridge them at all?
1: I feel like they are super different. There might have been more similarity when um, I used to work um, hand painting everything um, in animation. Now everything is digital, right? Um, yeah, so there's probably a lot more, I feel like uh, crossover at least in the medium back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, as far as the similarities go, I mean there's a there's a lot of differences, you know, like animation is such a collaborative process, and there's so many incredible talented artists that I work with. Um, and so I work on like I feel like this very tiny piece of the pie of this giant pie right, you know? right. And I sort of describe it as like, you know, it's like a game of hot potato. So once the hot potato gets put into my lap, it's just my job to try to do as good of a job as I can before I pass it on to the next person. Right, right, right. Um, And so, and then, you know, my personal work is so personal and it's just all me. And so there are um, great things and terrifying things about that. There's, you know, great things and terrifying things about, you know, working um, in a larger group. Too, just as far as like, oh my gosh, am I gonna get this right? Is this what somebody else's vision was? And, mm. you know, I had those same issues with myself like, wait, was this what I was thinking of doing? Right, right. <laughs> Working on my own stuff. So it's still problem solving, um, but in a different way and a different approach. So there's similarities in that. There's probably, if I were to look at my work side by side, there's probably, you know, a lean toward. A similar palette I feel like maybe you'd be able to recognize that that's still me even in mm. my um, animation work um, but there's there's a lot of great differences too which mm-hmm. kind of it's fun for my brain to go back and forth in that yeah, way yeah it's
0: a nice, it's a really neat balance and um, we kind of touched on it at the book signing and so I want to keep talking about that but I want to quickly reverse and so when you started getting that you know, the first kind of gig and now you're doing that, were you thinking, oh, thank God I'm being paid and to do art and that's great, or were you thinking, oh, no, but I wanted to be a full-time artist, or your parents must have been thrilled. Yes, my (laughs) parents were like,
1: she's got a job, (laughs) (laughs) and honestly, I still feel like that, like, oh, thank goodness I have a job, so... right. Yeah, when I got my first job, even more so because it was just shocking to me that um, I could make a living as an artist. And I think, you know, even from the time that I had committed to being an art major in school, I just thought that if I could do anything related to the arts, then I would be happy. And so I always tried to find a way to be involved, even if it was working at an art supply store and maybe it wasn't actually making anything but I was around supplies all the time and I was you know could get my hands on stuff when I needed to get you know yeah something. and
0: meeting other artists who were coming in and all oh. of that stuff yeah I tried that when I graduated and um I was just so well you heard my whole story at the talk yes. and I was so broken and messed up that even the art supply stores wouldn't hire me like I think they could just oh, no. feel the sadness and uh oh, yeah no. so I couldn't even do that and um but, I mean, that is such a good thing because um, we have an art supply store in BC called Opus, and um, I know quite a few artists that have worked there, and it's great networking because all of the big artists are coming in to buy their supplies. And so, you know, and then you start to hear where the shows are happening, and, uh-huh. you know, that kind of stuff is great. So, so when you first started that, yay, you've got a job, there's a paycheck, thank goodness you're still in the arts. Were you at that time doing any of your own work on the side, or were you just concentrating on work?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm trying to remember the timing of everything. I think I had already been participating in group shows here and there and trying to put my work up in local coffee shops. And um, so things were simultaneously slowly growing on both ends. And I think at the time, I just thought, I'm just going to keep trying to say yes Mm -hmm. to opportunities. So whether it was a group show or another animation job, because for a long time I was... um, not working full time in animation so it would be like um oh my gosh when's the next one oh you know? right
0: it was like a contract kind of you just pop yeah. onto a show and then all, yeah yeah
1: exactly kind of freelancing and um even when the freelance became a little bit more consistent it still was like oh my gosh I don't know if the next one's gonna come so yeah that's <laughs> I'm the, gonna take this and
0: yeah that's the crazy thing about freelance it's so feast or famine that It's scary, right? And so you just take everything when it comes and then you get so overwhelmed because you're so, yeah, yeah. And so what was your work like back then? Was it anything like what you do now?
1: I would say that probably yes and no. Um, I feel like when I look at my work back then, speaking of um, your question earlier about, you know, has animation and um, my own work influenced each other Mm -hmm. or did they kind of... Um work with each other, I think early on, actually early early on, it was through from school that I had been doing you know an extension of that realistic portraiture that I was telling you about that had gone into painting. Okay. Um, but then when I started so like those coffee shop, those first few coffee shop shows were were very realistic, kind of old traditional style painting um, as I was finding my own style. And then, um, as I got into animation, I got so inspired by that medium and just started to get a lot more graphic and um, just having those materials around too, and um, I was like, okay'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out for a while since I already have those paints out, you know? right, right, <laughs> out of like you know, part like laziness, part of oh, <laughs> here's what's around." <laughs> And here's what I just blew my entire paycheck on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use these paints because this is what I'm using for both. So there was probably a lot more similarity in my early work um, as both careers started kind of um, getting a little bit more traction. And But I would say the biggest difference now, or what I would describe as what the work looked like back then and how it has changed, is it was a lot more um, figure-centric mm. with sort of like the background putting the context in and now I feel like it's flipped where I have gone more and more into abstraction and the landscape and now the figures give context to the landscape rather than the landscape giving context
0: to the mm-hmm, for sure and do you know do you know why you made that flip or did it just kind of evolve
1: it just was a really gradual evolution I yeah. think that as um my ideas became a little bit more abstract, and um, I think I was trying to not be as literal with things, too, and, you know, going through a lot of stuff personally, um, I was probably, try- you know, painting things that were hard to describe, you know, in words or image. So it was Yeah,
0: yeah, it was easier to do with colors and to yeah. abstract the whole thing. Well and so in all of there in all of that somewhere you had a baby yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so how how far into like working in animation and stuff, um did you have her?
1: um, I had her let's see i had she's born in two thousand two and I started working in animation in ninety eight oh, okay and graduated school in ninety six so had been you know doing things here and there um just for timeline sort of mapping. Yeah, yeah. Um, And um, I can distinctly remember um, one of the shows that I got hired on um, that was from the director who gave me my first job. It was his next project. Um, He is such a dear friend and hired me when I was eight months pregnant. And... (laughs) I came in with my portfolio, no matter how huge my portfolio was, I was like, I can't hide this like you guys.
0: (laughs) Well, and you're such a small person, too. You must have been giant.
1: I gained 75 pounds. It was awesome. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so I credit him so much, and I'm so grateful to him eternally because he trusted that. um, Because I think back then it was still new, a little bit of a new idea. I mean, I know people were already doing it. I certainly wasn't the first, but it was a bit of a new idea to, to let me, let people work from home. And so he hired me and knowing what was about to happen yeah. <laughs> and trusting me. And so for Tiger Lily's first um, three years, I got to work full time, but from home.
0: So Wow. Yeah. Now, so, did you have help at home? Because how can you take care of a baby and work?
1: I, yeah. I did have help she slept a lot and um
0: okay we can't we can't be friends sorry I just (laughs) I retract all of that stuff I said earlier
1: (laughs) but only like I would say like the first I mean that's my memory of it was that you know she'd sleep in my lap and I would just sort of lean over her and paint and try not to squish her too much um and um which I remember trying to do that when I was pregnant too and I tell and and she likes to hear this story that I would if I was leaning over too much when I especially towards the later months of being pregnant she would I would actually feel her internally punch me like you're <laughs> you're pushing me. Too much.
0: Back off, um, lady.
1: And um but her dad is with is super involved and still is. Um so he took her half the time and so during that time that we sort of figured out and traded her back and forth it was sort of like, "Oh, here's my Mom time. This was actually sorry to be jumping around so much, but no, no. this is where I really learned how to compartmentalize and not wait for inspiration. It was like, "Oh, now's my time to work in paint. I just have to do it." Yeah. And um, So I learned how to take advantage of that time, even, yeah, because that was that. Two hours that I
0: had, or that. Yep. So many women say that this is like it's unbelievable. <laughs> what a what a um fire lights under you when you when you know you got you know an hour or yeah. Where before an hour you'd be like, well, I'll make a cup of tea and oh, yeah. you know water the plants and then and then I'll get to it. But it's like when you have that hour, you're like it's go time. Oh yeah,
1: just exactly super go time. Yeah,
0: yeah. and we skipped over the fact that she has the most awesome name in the world, Tiger Lily. Um, Oh, thank you. I, I did that. not know that was her name because when we were um when we were doing the the book thing, I didn't think I'd get you on the podcast, so I made you do the not so speedy speed round at the book signing. And I said, "What's your favorite animal to paint?" because you often do tigers, bears, zebras. And you uh, said, "Tigers because that's my daughter's name." And I was like, "That is the coolest name ever." <laughs> And so does she, she goes by Tiger now, right?
1: She does, which is a surprise to me. I mean, I love it. So all her friends and teachers, everyone calls her Tiger. But I thought for sure that if she wasn't into her name, that she would just use um, Lily as her help. good backup, good
0: backup. Her backup,
1: and all her, um, you know, medical records and dental records, you know, that I started off um, with when she was born, I'll say Lily. So it's like Lily's, you know, doctor's visits file, you know, right. right. all that stuff. And so somewhere, and I feel like it was probably right around kindergarten or first grade, everyone, it just shifted to tiger. And so... So did she introduce
0: herself as tiger, I wonder?
1: Yeah. That's awesome. You know, refers to her as tiger. She seems like a tiger to me and... (laughs) Yeah. And like occasionally, like I'll run into a friend that I haven't seen in a while and they'll say, oh, how's Lily? And I'll go, who? <laughs> I'll say, Your daughter. <laughs> because I'm so used to, you know, calling her Tiger. So or Tiger Lily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is such a cool name? And how old is she now? 16. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, And so, well, that's good. So you figured out a system for juggling motherhood and work and art. And so as sort of, and this is the other cool thing that I really loved because you're in the narrative chapter, and so, you know, I've been following your work for a really long time, and when I first found you, the figures were um, little girls, and now they look more like teenagers, and I was like, oh, is this society's statement on um, feminism and, you know, women through time, and you're like, no, my model's just getting older. Yeah. (laughs) I try. I tried to be all artsy, and then I was like, "That is awesome!" Because I, I love that. She factored, you know, like that. Your work is very narrative, and it is very dreamlike, and all of this stuff. But that there is this very practical, rooted. Like, no, my model yeah. just got bigger. I love yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that you know um, are you know like I was talking. About before, as my work got more emotional and more abstract, and yeah, you know, definitely things went into that, and a lot more thought went into that for my personal work. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that I decide purely out of practicality. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one was, she just got bigger. Yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What are you going to do when she moves out? It'll just become landscape. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah empty just big empty nests
1: just empty yeah lots and just, of nests
0: just tears yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: tears just filled with tears
0: yeah. um well I mean I just love it so much and you know what I've noticed though there were no animals in your last show
1: oh yeah were there no Mm-mm.
0: so are do they just randomly come back if they're needed or or have you moved on from animals
1: I don't think I've moved on from animals. I th- I think that this particular show was about human connection um, and how we relate to each other, human kindness, how we comfort each other, how we inspire each other. Um, and so it was definitely an exploration of those relationships. Um, the animals have always served more as symbolic totems almost. Um, and so they'll come back for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just this this particular show. I don't even think I did it on purpose. It just evolved to be like that. Mm-hmm.
0: It just didn't make sense for a tiger or a zebra to be walking through. No, not
1: this time. No. And was
0: that was this series inspired by the current political <laughs> state, or was it just more personal than that?
1: Um, definitely the current political state. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, lots of things going on, um, still sadly in the world, and um, yeah, and then on a personal level as well, so in my larger world, and then in my inner world, um, you know, there have been a lot of things that I've been trying to figure out as far as um. Mental health, and I struggle with anxiety, and so trying to figure out like okay, how do I work with this, especially as it gets heightened when things like things in the world you know mm-hmm. uh, heighten all that kind of stuff too, so they're definitely related to each other, but on a on a small level and then on a larger
0: level Well, so, I hear yeah. that because I have anxiety too, yeah, and um, oh. drugs really help um. yeah. <laughs> Yes, they, re- they helped me
1: too. Yeah. Yes.
0: I resisted for a really long time because I convinced myself I was stronger than that. And, and you know, I would just run more or I would meditate more. And um, my doctor finally said, look, if I told you you had diabetes and you needed to take insulin every day, would you say, no, I'm just going to run more? Yeah. And she's like, you know, you, yeah, she's like, you're missing chemical. Your brain is not making certain chemicals. And I was like, well, do I have to take it? And she said, well, no, she said, you're welcome to go on suffering as long as you like. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. So, anyway, I finally embraced it. That was a couple of years ago. And I feel like myself again, which is so nice. But at the same time, since 2016, you're right. Like, I, I find watching too much news, it's just, it's, it induces anxiety. Like, it can't not. There's just so much all the time and breaking, 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 and social media. Like, it's everything is in your face all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to, especially if you're an anxious person or you're a worrier and, you know, it's really hard to kind of not engage in it emotionally. And so do you find like your palettes, everything like your work feels like an exhale to me. Like, I think that's why I love it so much. It's just the colors and the shapes and everything. It's just so like, ah, there. Um, and so when you're working on it, does it give you some peace?
1: I think so. I mean, I think that, like, I've tried meditation, and I use the guided ones because yeah. um, those those help me. Um, and I feel like if I were to ever think that I could meditate, I still consider myself a, a novice, um, way, 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 way a novice <laughs> on it. Um, it's probably when I'm painting. It's sort of the time where I am working on something and... Um, I can focus on that for a a prolonged period of time. Definitely it's harder when I'm dealing with more things that are making me anxious, but it does provide a little bit of, um, respite and a little Mm -hmm. bit of space and from, from the, you know,
0: craziness.
1: Yeah. Just all the, you know, voices that are going on. Yeah. Just the noise. Yeah. uh, So, um, and yeah, and like I can think, that I can feel exhausted, and I can feel sad or frustrated, and I will be painting and not even realize that three hours went by. Yeah. Um, and so I'm so grateful to have painting as an outlet, and um, you know, there's other areas of my life that that I find that, and I'm so grateful for that too. Um, and and painting is one of them. So All I right. feel really lucky.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. The studio provides so much calm for me and then of course meditating and running.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still yeah. do all of that.
0: But yeah. um <clears throat> yeah, I just I wondered that about your work just because it, it does feel like an exhale like your um my palettes are so bright and crazy and um after I saw your show in person cuz I'd never actually seen your work in person oh. um until we were in San Francisco and it totally inspired me to want to shift my palette um into being that more calm thing just for myself Mm. you know just to give my brain and eyeballs a rest and um that little bit of quiet and um oh and I overheard a girl ask you at the show about all the bare trees oh yeah Uh um and one of them didn't have any trees she was very perplexed by that but I don't think there was a reason right
1: I don't think so. No, yeah.
0: um, but is there a reason for bare trees?
1: Um, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we should meditate on that okay. one. And see if we come up with. I know. Med-
1: I love these questions because I feel like I should be asking myself this as I go along.
0: Well, no, it's just a so interesting of- that you don't have an answer because they're there over and over. So, like, it's just so interesting that your subconscious has put them there.
1: Yeah, for sure. No pressure. They're there. No, that's a really good question. (laughs) You know, it's funny because we've already talked about like, oh, here are things that I do that are very thought out. Here are things that I do that are um, for practical reasons. And then there's things that I do that I don't even know why I do them.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, And they're definitely, you know, in a lot of my work, if not almost all. um, My first thought is that I like sort of the architecture of, of bear trees and then just kind of move on before I get to the rest of it. Yeah. (laughs) But, but you know, what does it say that I like sort of that aesthetic? I'm not sure. I think that that's, that's pretty telling too. I want to, I want to think about that.
0: That's Mm -hmm. a good question. Well, during one of your guided meditations, you can put that in as a seed and see what happens. I will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the other thing I didn't realize until I saw your work in person was that I always thought that your hills and mountains and that you know that um had like a brush stroke versus the flat ones I thought that you had like taped it off like stenciled them almost uh-huh. no toilets but stenciled yeah. off <laughs> <laughs> stenciled off these mounds but then when I saw them in person they're actually like pieces of peeled paint yes yeah. which <coughs> is so awesome and i did i swear i didn't touch any of them but oh my gosh i wanted to touch everything just to feel the little edge but i i thought that was inappropriate so i didn't do it um how did that how did the first one of those come about was that a happy accident
1: it was so um a lot of my paintings i actually did paint those big giant mountains you know i would take a big giant palette knife and scrape it on and then um paint around and away from it to to find the shape that I actually okay. needed. So th- those were the early um, versions of that, and then <clears throat> um, it was a couple things. As I was feeling like, oh, this isn't really working. This isn't really what I meant to do. There isn't, you know, um, these scrapes are great for the texture and the color, but the shape is is not what I had intended. And so that was always on the back of my mind, or in the back of my mind, and. Then simultaneously, um, as we were joking around about how, you know, given a certain amount of time, we would find ways to procrastinate, right. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm, I go down in my studio and when I do have that extra time, um, most of it is spent, you know, just trying to not
0: start something. You're so right. Yeah. Um, now that she's 16 and not a baby anymore, you've got a lot more time. Exactly. Yeah. Now
1: that she can yeah, yeah. be upstairs and feed herself. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah um so it's yeah so I will sharpen pencils <laughs> and color color arrange all my paints and then when that's done um I will I just started kind of peeling trying to see how big of a chunk of old paint I could peel off of one of my palettes <laughs> um and this is going to gross people out I'm sure I think I said this at our you book did podcast. it it's perfect and it was just Silent yeah. I said it and I'm like oh, well I'll go ahead and say it again. Yep, but when I was a kid, I used to like and I would get sunburned I, I used to try to you know see how
0: big of a piece of skin I could feel: And you know why it went silent? Because everybody was imagining doing the exact same thing <laughs> okay because <laughs> it's very so, satisfying. it's not it's good skincare, it. but it's very satisfying
1: So I would do the same thing and I would see that there would be these cool shapes and color combinations that I would never have done had I been trying. Like right. it was, it was just because those two colors were next to each other on the palette when I squeezed them out, and they just got all mushed together when I was, when I was painting, or when I was, you know, lifting them up with the palette knife. And so I started um, saving those, and they were just like the size of a quarter, or you
0: know, a little bit bigger.
1: Um, and then I started thinking, well, I love these little, you know, nugget things. Why were so... you saving
0: them? You just had the instinct to save them? Are you a hoarder?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why I start, You know, I think it's because I thought, oh, I'll use these someday for something because I'll never think of this on my own.
0: Right, and they're pretty little gems. I know what you mean. Like, it's it's so fun to peel them off. I, do, I peel them off, too, but I throw them away.
1: Okay. So. <laughs> gems they yeah, are I they would, are
0: they're like special yeah. little colorful gems
1: yeah yeah um so yeah i would just sort of save them and and again um you know come into the studio the next day when i was procrastinating and line those up you know in addition <laughs> to like lining up on my base i <laughs> lined up these little paint chips and so uh when i was painting small i could use them in those pieces because you know they were small enough yeah they could and be a little
0: it, bolder or something
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, okay, what if I did start trying to make these on purpose? And so I started experimenting with, um, painting on larger pieces of plastic and trying to figure out, um, and you know, doing swirls and trying to figure out colors that I might not use, um, if I were thinking about it too much, which I usually am thinking about
0: it too yeah, much. Yeah, so because now you've got a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how do I do this spontaneously <laughs> and not think, too much, but think about it while I'm doing it? Um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I just started experimenting with that. But it was this really great way to um, find the find the sp- spontaneity, but still find the piece that I liked out of it. Yeah. And I think I think remembered hearing that Jackson Pollock worked that way a bit. Like, he did his paintings, but like cut out the part that he wanted. Like, not everything is there. Right. Um, Yeah, because
0: then then you you shape them sometimes. Like, you can cut cut a perfect, you know, lump out of it if you want.
1: Exactly, exactly. So there were parts of it that even when I tore it off the plastic were nice surprises and then parts of it that were, like, you know, terrible looking. So I, I, you know, cut out the shape that I wanted out of it. So...
0: A little bit of both. And, so yeah. cool. I just love them so much. And I think it's just so unique to you. And, um, But I love that it started out as a happy accident. Because, you know, lots of people, <clears throat> especially on this book tour, you know, during the Q&A, people always say, well, you know, do you have any, like, tips for, like, what if you're not feeling in the mood to make something? And <clears throat> I always say, just get in there anyway. And, like, for me as a collage artist, I'll just go and cut stuff out for an hour. Yeah, You know, even if I have no plans for any of this stuff, I'll just start cutting things out just because one day I'm going to need them cut out, right? Exactly. So I'll just start cutting out all of my Queen Elizabeths, and before you know it, (laughs) it's like, why don't we do? You know, at some point you're like, ooh, look at this, and ideas just start to percolate, and before you know it, you're in there for eight hours, and away you go. I think it's the same thing, like um, procrastinating with purpose, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Right? um, Kate Woodrow said that to me, um, procrastinate with purpose. And I thought that is so true because even if you just get in there and peel paint or get in there and cut stuff out or even organize your paint, suddenly you'll be inspired by two colors that you wouldn't have seen together. And maybe now they get squeezed out of the tubes. And I just, as soon as I realized that those were peeled on, I was like, I bet there's a happy happy accident story behind these. (laughs) And I'm so glad that there are. And um, you just said something about working small. So do you find, because some of your stuff, it's so hard to tell online, right, when, like, scale. Um, But some of your pieces are really big. Some are still small. Do you have a preference?
1: Right now, I really love working big. Um, It feels fun just to, I mean, it's going to sound so, like, Like I should go out and exercise more. (laughs) There's times where I'm like, oh, my shoulders sore. That was a good painting day." (laughs) Um, uh, And so I really enjoy that. At the same time, you know, I love the immediacy of the of the smaller work. I get to those are you know, I I can finish those um, faster. And a lot of times I'm working on more than one at a time, whereas a a larger piece I feel um, more committed to. Seeing it all the way through, mm-hmm. whereas I'll work on a few small pieces at a time and and reject maybe half of them as wow. I go. Um, you know, it's like, oh, this this isn't working. And rather than, um, you know, in my opinion, like feeling like, oh, I don't, I'd rather move move away from it than overwork it. And yeah. so I just try to keep moving, but on on another piece, and that's easier to do on a small piece. So I I love those too. Um, but for different reasons.
0: So, is your studio in your house? Yes. And you have enough room to to go big and go little, and.
1: Oh. I have lots of room to go little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my eyeballs are probably the the thing that is straining the most as I as I get older. I hear um, that nineteen seventy
0: three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and my posture. I have terrible, terrible posture. So I. You know, the smaller the work, um, you know, I'm, I'm painting and I'm holding it in my hand and I'm crouched into a little ball yes. and my face is three inches away from it so I can see what I'm doing. Um, and then the larger, so I have, I'm lucky. I, I built out a space under my house, um, a few years ago, and so I have a dedicated space where it's nice that I can, you know, leave out, um, work and paint if I want to come back to it the next day Mm -hmm. um but it's it's still pretty small where um the one of the last or one of the recent larger works that I had to do or that I did I had to um work on it in panels and so I never saw in it it, in its entirety until it was on the gallery wall because I could only (laughs) it was three panels so I only saw two panels at a time at any given time.
0: Wow. And so did you have, were you nervous to hang it or were you excited to see it?
1: Both. Yeah. Definitely. I was like,
0: and (laughs) what was the result? Were you happy? I
1: was happy with it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But it was, it was a surprise and you know, I thought, Oh, well.
0: (laughs) Good for you. I'm not good at surprises. I would need more medication.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I probably should have, you know, made sure a few more things, but, um, But for the most part, it worked
0: out okay, but yeah. Um, And I just, before I ask you, I've got one more question to ask you, but um, the ones that you said you sort of leave, you'd rather move forward than overwork them, do you ever come back to them later, or do you just, are they just now done, like, and gone?
1: I do come back to some of them later, and then some I just completely paint over.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, if I can, the little paint chip pieces, I'll I'll leave them around, and... um, You know, maybe go back to it or um, cut something out of it and use it for something else. Um, And then I have a few canvas pieces that I had around for like five years or so and thought, oh, I'll keep going on this. And then um, just really felt like, no. I'm never going to keep going on this, so I just completely paint it over.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I think there's there's so much freedom in just completely letting it go. And then lately, I love the idea, too, of of taking stuff and just chopping it up and turning it into something else. Because that's where the happy accidents lie, too, right? Totally, Yeah, completely. Yeah, there's an artist that um I just wrote about not long ago, and she works on raw canvas like you. Um, Lauren Mycroft is her name, and she does these really beautiful, like, They're kind of like washy landscapes, but they're on, and she like pours the paint and like moves it around and, but it's on raw canvas. So if she quote unquote makes a mistake, if the paint goes away, she doesn't want to, it's done. That's it. And she can't, she can't paint over it because she doesn't gesso it in the first place. And so she's got, it's expensive, right? So she's like, what do I do? And so we were chatting about it and um, I was like, you should try cutting those ones up. And, like, maybe weave them together or something. And she's like, oh, my God, I used to weave. And so I'm so excited to see if she'll do it. Because if she's got a weaving background, but now she's a painter, it's like, ooh, I'm just so excited to see. Now this podcast is going to, if she's listening, Lauren, there's your extra (laughs) pressure to try it. (laughs) I'm outing you in front of everybody. But I think that, that, you know, happy accidents lie there, too, that you don't have to just... Throw it away or feel guilty that you're throwing it away or whatever, just chop it up and turn it into something else.
1: Completely. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying.
0: Yeah, good for you. Like that. I, I should take my own advice and try that a little bit too. Um, I just, I just, I've moved on to panels. Uh-huh. And I decided, because I love people who do big work and I never uh-huh. do. And so I'm like, well, if I love, you know, if I'm writing about all this giant work, why don't I try one? I got a 48 inch by 48 inch sort of oblong y weird shaped thing. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. It was so painful. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. I couldn't work that big. And so, anyway, I finally just flipped it over and stashed it in the corner of my studio because I can't even look at it anymore. And uh, I had another one sitting there waiting to go. So I took it to my, my um, he's one of my mom and dad's friends who has a wood, little woodwork business and said, can you please cut this into three smaller ones because I can't uh-huh. deal. So I think I need to work my way. So now I've got a 36 by 36. So I'm going to work... My way back up to big because I just I'm so uncomfortable there
1: I hear you I hear you yeah I feel like there's there's a lot of steps going to that um, and yeah maybe there's even yeah I don't know that I, I, I have the same feeling and it's a different way of approaching I think a larger thing
0: cause, it is yeah and it's more physical yeah like and being a collage artist like your source material is very often small oh right and then you put it on this giant space and it's just weird Uh so anyway I need to figure it out maybe it ends up being like a triptych so it's like three smaller ones that make a big one or
1: yeah yeah like mine where you'll see how it all
0: fits exactly one (laughs) day when it shows up in some gallery (laughs) Um, so speaking of galleries I know you so you've got the show at Hashimoto is it down now is it over? It's done. Yes. Okay. And so, is there anything coming up that you want people to know about or we should be we watching out for you in different galleries coming up? Um, well, I'm not
1: uh let's see. The I have a two pieces in a group show that's coming up that opens this Saturday. Oh. Um at Heron Arts. Um <clears throat> excuse me. And then um I'll it, be Is in, that in LA? In San Francisco. Oh, in San Francisco. Okay. And um, that show is called One Way Through, and let me see if I can give you more info on
0: that. That's okay. I will, I'll swoop back around and get it, and I'll put it in the post. Okay, cool. Um, so that everybody can see, yeah, where and when and everything.
1: Anything else?
0: Or then, are you back um, in the studio now making stuff? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I mean, back working in, um feature animation because when I did my San Francisco show I did take some time off because <clears throat> excuse me I used to do I used to do double duty and you know come home on weekends and evenings and paint and this time around I was like I gotta I gotta just dedicate this time um to this and then come back and 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 just concentrate on production work when I'm ready for that so I'm back on that so doing group shows for my personal stuff the one I already mentioned and then um, Mark Todd is curating a show at Eisenberg yes. in Pasadena.
0: Yes. yes, I heard about this. So Thanks. exciting. When does that one open?
1: So that one opens, let me, while I'm looking for that, um, I'm going to be in the Mark and Esther's post-it
0: show. Me too. Oh okay. Yes, I just sent mine down. I forgot to photograph them before I sent them. Oh okay. no! But Mark, Mark just put them up on his Facebook page, so they are they are documented. Okay. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> that, okay, have, you, okay. have you done yours yet? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Mark's not listening. Oh yeah, they're totally done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna go to that show?
1: I hope so. Yes. Yeah.
0: I've heard it's so much fun.
1: It is so, so,
0: so much fun. So, yeah, i got to figure out a time to go because yeah. it's
1: seeing it all and, yeah, it's really an incredible show.
0: Yeah, I'll put all the info for that up too. And don't feel like you have to um, know the info for, the, for the, the other Mark Todd show. Just send it to me and I'll put it up in the post and then everybody can. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of an edited podcast. Awesome. All right, now are you ready for the not-so-speedy speed round? So the first one, I've already asked you. I asked you at Hashimoto and I'm going to do it again. True or false, you have an Emmy. Yes, true. <laughs> that it was the crazy. That was one of the, like the things. I have like a major fangirl thing about TV and movies. And that came you said that in your interview for the book and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so what was that for? That was for a TV show, right?
1: Yes, it was for My Life as a Teenage Robot and it was um for background painting production design
0: so do you have an Emmy in your house
1: yeah I'm looking at it right now
0: <laughs> that is awesome
1: <laughs> yeah it's nice it's cool it's very surreal still because
0: it's you know yeah to my
1: plant and okay so but now you
0: work there. now you work on movies not tv mm-hmm. yes. so does that mean that means that there could be an Oscar in your future
1: oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you can EGOT
1: Oh right. What's the that's the um, Tony?
0: Emmy. Yeah, there's a Tony in there, a Grammy.
1: Or a Grammy. Okay. Yeah.
0: So right. I mean, do the rounds. <laughs> right? You're like well, you have already got one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm easily on my <laughs> way. You're totally on your way. <laughs> totally on your way. Oh my gosh. It's just so cool. Um, okay. I didn't ask these are new ones for you. Um, okay. While you work painting work, do you listen to Music, TV, or nothing? Or Uh, other? (laughs) All. Um, Oh really?
1: Yeah, but mostly music.
0: With words or no words?
1: Uh, both. Probably mostly words. Yeah.
0: What kind of music? I'm all curious now. I pictured it just being like, like a cone of silence or like just spa music with birds chirping. (laughs) Oh um, you know, the occasional chime.
1: Right. <laughs> That's probably better, you know, like uh, for me from from some of the things that I end up watching or whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile,
0: Doctor Phil's on in the background. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. But I listen to, uh, yeah, I I listen to a lot of music. It's funny because I, um, and I remember reading this somewhere that a lot of times something can go in more indelibly when you're also doing something else creatively. Or, for example, um, yeah, so if you're um, working on something and you're also listening to music, it just somehow roots in there more. And it's so funny because when I work on stuff, whether it's my production work or my personal work, I'll look at the painting and more than, like, remembering, you know, what – it was like outside that day or you know anything i remember what song i was listening to
0: right see <laughs> i said this on the podcast like two years ago I, I i was talking to emily barletta i remember this and i asked her because she does really detailed embroidery works that take forever and she always watches mo- like has movies on in the background and i said so do you look at those pieces and remember the movie and she said no and i felt like a fool because half of my work makes me think of Dirty Dancing. Because I have Dirty Dancing on in the background or whatever, you know, and and when I look at those collages, that's what I think of.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. So, yeah, I'll remember what I was doing or listening to or hearing um, as much as whatever else was going on in my brain, sometimes more so than whatever else was going on
0: at the time. Yeah, me too. That's so funny. I wonder if it has any, like, repercussions on the outcome of the work. (laughs) You know, I wonder. Yeah, nobody puts baby in a corner. Is like yeah. it's in every single piece anyway.
1: But I realize you can't watch movies with subtitles while you're working. You're, no. Uh, yeah. I guess I've been sitting there reading the whole time. I'm like, oh wait a second. I haven't like made a mark for the last hour because I'm just reading this movie.
0: See, we, you and I, like I always say, I I can put the pro in procrastination. <laughs> It's like I need to be reading these subtitles clearly i'll I'll just do that, and then I'll get to then I'll start peeling stuff off of my palette.
1: <laughs> see the beauty of it you don't have to look when you're peeling stuff off your no palate.
0: true true <laughs> um that actually nineteen seventy three and all the things in common, how do you feel about dirty dancing?
1: Oh, I love it um right? there's definitely things that you know it's like um you know, I haven't
0: seen it in so long, so yeah, I'm wondering if it holds up still. Uh, you- yeah it does
1: <laughs> amazing I,
0: I watch it constantly do
1: it, you? yeah it's
0: one of my like I can I could put it on and do the entire script like I know every word
1: oh amazing yeah. I love it I lo- when was the last time you
0: watched it um on a plane probably maybe two months ago oh amazing! yeah I've seen it l- truly over a hundred times it's just, it's so comforting to me. It's like, I don't even have to really watch it. That's why I like having it on when I'm working because I, while they're talking, I can picture completely what's happening. So I don't even need to watch. I could be doing something else, but just have it on, and like I can just hear it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Have I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but I feel like, I feel like our kinship over our birth year is, it's bringing out this story. So when Greg and I got married, so Greg, not a fan of dirty dancing, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a fan of me, and he knew yeah. how much I loved it. And we got married in this tiny little, little boat club on an island in the middle of the Gatineau River in Canada, and so it looked like dirty dancing. Uh. And we had to spruce it up because it was totally like you know plywood walls. It looked like the dirty dancing clubhouse, but we made it all fancy with little white lights and everything. It was very pretty. So we're having a great time, dancing away and so um it's the last song and so the DJs put the last song on so everybody's dancing and it's maybe 20 seconds into the song and the song just stops and everyone's like hey whoa, what's going on and Greg gets up with a microphone and says sorry for the interruption folks but I always do the last dance of the season and he does the whole speech and then time of my life and my sister and I have watched that movie together so many times and she was my maid of honor my abs hurt from laughing. I was laughing so hard because he memorized it word for word. And Aww. all of the young people at the wedding were laughing their heads off. And all of the older people were like, isn't this nice? <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely speech. She's, you know, taught me about the kind of person I want to be. And then time of my life starts and everybody starts dancing. Oh, my God. I was like, this is for real. It's Like, this is for a lifetime now. Now I know this guy's in it Yeah, forever. <laughs> It was that, the best moment ever.
1: That is beautiful.
0: Yeah, I he love that. He didn't do the lift. We didn't do the lift. I didn't I wasn't emotionally or physically prepared to do the lift. But <laughs> <laughs> we did we did dance the time of my life. And that was the end of the wedding. It was the best. Oh, I
1: love that story and I love <laughs> that he did that. That's incredible.
0: Me too. He's a good one. And see I feel like I haven't told that story yet. So I, I repeat a lot of stories on the podcast. But I think that was a fresh one. I love that. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, it's a fresh one. Okay, Um, there's still more. I've got two more questions for you. Okay. If you could live anywhere other than L.A., where would you live?
1: Oh, um. Because
0: you'd probably say L.A., right?
1: I love L.A. Yeah, me Um, too. You know, I always am scrolling. Okay, when I think. It's not a specific place, but an environment. I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with tree houses. <gasps> <Yes! laughs> so, whenever I see one like on Instagram or whatever, or you know, I th- I've seen books on exclusively tree houses, I just imagine my life there
0: in a tree house. Yeah, place. that would be fabulous. Yeah. Do you ever watch Treehouse Masters?
1: No. What?
0: Oh, man.
1: That's a show? That's yeah. A thing? Yes. Oh.
0: Go oh find gosh. that. I, don't, I forget uh, what channel it's on, like TLC or something, but yeah, Pete Nelson, he's this hilarious guy from um, near Seattle, outside of Seattle, and he owns a business, and they build tree houses for people, and the, the, you can't not watch a whole episode, because it starts out with what the people want, and then like, through the whole episode, and then the big reveal, and it's always the craziest, most beautiful thing. Uh, it oh might cause a problem, God. though. It might really accelerate your dreams.
1: I think I know what I'm doing for the next few yeah. weeks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just buckling down and watching trees That's
0: after. right. And before you know it, your little bare trees and your paintings will have little houses in them. <gasps>
1: oh
0: my gosh! There's oh. the ev- when 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 uh, art historians are like trying to decipher when the houses, uh, you know, made their way into your bare trees and what what it means. We hashtag treehouse masters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been promoting him so much that they should come to my house and give me a tree house. I think so. I'm just across the border. It would be like a quick little scooch across the Washington border. (laughs) And yeah, I've got a tree. Right? Yeah. You can put a house
1: in it? (laughs) Yeah, totally.
0: You can come up and stay in the Canadian (gasps) wilderness.
1: My gosh, that would be a dream.
0: We'll find a ceramics class and we'll make ceramic Care Bears. It's just really Uh all coming together.
1: Love it. This is a dream.
0: Okay. I love it. <laughs> and then, oh, this is a Canadian question. My final Canadian question. Have you ever had a Nanaimo bar? Do you know what a Nanaimo bar is? No. You he's are Paul married to a out. Canadian.
1: I know. Is he holding out on me?
0: Yes, he is.
1: Oh uh, Well, whoa, whoa, well, 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 hold
0: on. Oh, you do? Okay, that's good. But he's, he's kind of an Ontario boy. So he might not know what a Nanaimo bar is. Okay, okay, well, check in with him and loop back around. Okay. They're delicious. Nanaimo. N A N A I M O. It's a town on um, Vancouver Island. I assume that's where they originated. It is delicious. It has a bottom um, crust of coconut and chocolate, and then this weird, creamy, custardy, icing yellow goo, and then chocolate melted on top. Oh Oh, my God, my mouth is watering. Yeah, it's okay. really good, and I was thinking, because I had such a nice dinner with you and Paul, that was so much fun. That was so lovely. Paul and I covered a lot of Canadian things, Yeah. <laughs> and but we never talked in the, about Nanaimo Bar, so I was like, you know, as a, you know, spouse of a Canadian, I thought maybe you would know, so I just thought, yeah, you you, just, you might want to look into that.
1: I'm going to ask, yeah, I've been introduced to the all-dressed.
0: Yes, all-dressed chips, chips yes.
1: And ketchup chips. Of course. And the coffee crisp, as I mentioned. But what about butter tarts? Have. With a what?
0: Butter tarts?
1: No.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I think he's holding back all of the baked goods.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, butter maybe, tarts? It's the, maybe it's the slow reveal.
0: Maybe. Yeah, you know what? He doesn't want to give it all away at the beginning. He wants okay. this thing to last. He's going to have to, like, slowly.
1: Oh, oh, maybe it'll be, like, a 10th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, like, there um, instead of like, what is the tenth, of wood oh, no, or metal, no, metal yeah, like or whatever, crystal be, or something? Yeah, it'll be the Nanaimo bar yeah. and
0: butter tart. <laughs> yeah, you just said both of those right. That's awesome. Okay, well you you talk to Paul about it and let me know what he says. I will. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the whole. There we go. We just that's all my questions. We covered the whole story. Uh, that so how fun and easy was that? Well, it was
1: just like. Chatting with my friend. I know. Which is lovely. Yay. Right. Except this
0: time we didn't have pad thai and delicious Thai food in front of us. Next time. Yeah. I'm clearly getting very hungry with all of this. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> right. Where can I get me at an yeah, IMO bar? Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, well, thank you so, so much for everything. For coming on the podcast finally. For agreeing to be in my book. For doing the Hashimoto book signing with me. Like everything. It's just been so... I mean, I have been such a huge fan of your work for so many years that it's so nice to actually put a person with the work and um, and to know that you're so amazing and lovely um, and so is your work.
1: Oh, thank you, Danielle, and I feel the exact same way about you. I have loved getting to know you over email. <laughs> I know it's been a
0: lot of years of email. Which I
1: love, and you know, for including me in your book and asking me to be on this podcast, and I love that we got to know each other um, even more when we did the book signing together, and um, it's just been so lovely to get to know you more and more, and even here now, I just,
0: yeah, this has yeah, been so fun. So I know. You. Well, next time I'm I'm in LA, I will call you guys.
1: Please do. We Please will hunt
0: definitely. down a Nanaimo bar. There's got to be some Canadian that owns a bakery there.
1: Okay, we gotta figure it and out. And we will figure I- it out.
0: Otherwise I will bring them down for you. Oh please.
1: I'll please smuggle please do. them across
0: the border. <laughs> um well stay safe down there with all the fire.
1: Thank you. Yes. Lisa, it's yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So um are you guys anywhere near it?
1: We aren't. No. Okay,
0: good. Um, I know it very well. We our area is like every summer we're on fire. So um, I understand it's so scary. So thinking of you guys and, um, yeah, I will give you a shout next time I'm coming your way. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. bye. Bye. Isn't she fantastic? I love her work so much. And now that I know about our kinship over Care Bears and all things 80s, I feel like we've truly taken our relationship to the next level. (laughs) be sure to pop over to my site thejealouscurator.com to see all of the work that we just talked about along with the info on her upcoming shows in both San Francisco and LA thanks again to Sana for pushing past her nervousness and sharing her story on this the 150th episode thanks also to Saatchi Art for supporting 150 episodes and thank you for showing up every week to listen there will be more art for your ear next weekend see you then